Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. And welcome to the podcast created by NJEA members for NJEA members. Thank you for making the Jersey Educator Podcast your home for professional development. Jim, how are you doing today? Welcome to episode number 14. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, doing great. And how are you? Jim, I am doing great. It, of course, has been 90-degree weather here the last couple days, and I am excited for this show, our 14th episode. Today, we're going to be talking to Susan Caldwell. Uh, Tell us a little bit about her. Sure, Jeff. Susan Caldwell is our first uh, parent guest on the show. She's a former Board of Education member and currently the executive director for Save Our Schools New Jersey. You know, I've heard about that group. What is Save Our Schools New Jersey? Jeff, it's a grassroots, um, all-volunteer organization of parents and uh, just public school supporters uh, who believe, reading from their website, who believe that every child in New Jersey should have access to a high-quality public education. I remember where I heard about them. I was looking on Twitter, and I saw that they're, they were tweeting some pretty interesting things here. Jim, now we have a Twitter account here for the NJEA, but I also noticed that you have a personal Twitter account, don't you? I do, Jeff, yes. And it is that time of year where teachers are getting onto social media. They're reaching out. I know today I was actually at something called Coffee EDU. Have you ever heard of Coffee EDU? Jeff, I have heard of that. Awesome. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, essentially, on a, on a weekend or a weekday, anytime, basically, that ends in Y. People get together at a coffee house and they talk shop. I think today we were basically going over some of the new things that were happening in education and, and ed tech. And basically, the rules are simple. Have a good time, network with people, and after an hour, you get a chance to go home. But that's not why we're talking about this stuff. I want to bring up something that I heard recently over from our friends at NJSchoolJobs.com, and that brings us to our tech minute today. Here's Todd from NJSchoolJobs.com. Hello, this is Todd Lawrence, proud NJEA member and a co-owner of NJSchoolJobs.com, New Jersey's leading education job site with a few tips on landing a job in education. Today's focus is on the use of social media. In today's digital age, it only takes a simple search to find out information about an individual. And be very careful as to how you present yourself on your favorite social media channel, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. And always remember to conduct yourself in a professional manner. Be mindful of the types of pictures you post online, especially if you don't want them to be seen by a potential employer, and definitely avoid pictures where you're holding an alcoholic beverage. Finally, make sure your privacy settings are checked to ensure any pictures you are tagged in meet your approval prior to being shown on your account. Don't let your social media profile be a detriment to you obtaining a job. For more career information or to find a job in New Jersey schools, visit our website at njschooljobs.com. You know, Jim, social media certainly is important, and I think everybody needs to get out there on Twitter, connect, network, and, of course, find those great resources for their students. Jim, what's been going on recently in the world of the NJEA? Well, Jeff, we had a great beach day uh, last month. Um, You're here to hear first on the show. We invited our early career members to a networking event at Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Uh, Really awesome day. Uh, A lot of members coming together from all across the state just to network, to grow their support networks and share, you know, what they're planning to implement in their classrooms in the fall. Now, you guys are having some great events coming up here at the beginning of the school year. Tell us a little bit about some of the events happening in September. Jeff, absolutely. Uh, September 9th, 
The Monmouth County Education Association is uh, sponsoring a happy hour for early career labor leaders, uh, giving space to a place where our members can meet with um, those from uh, different unions like uh, the Electricians Union, um, Service Workers International Union, uh, et cetera, um, all getting together to share their common experiences. And then September 16th, um, our Team North group, which is a group of connected early career members up in the northern counties of the state, is getting together for a pizza and paychecks event at a place called Elementary in Hackensack on uh, September 16th. And our members can learn more about these and other great events uh, just right around the corner on our website, njea.org slash early career members. That is fantastic. Now, last time we had our episode, episode number 13, I shared with you that I was going to an amazing event put on by our friends at EdTech Team, um, another Google for Education um, summit, if you will. And it was absolutely fantastic. Got a chance to get out there and meet and network with a lot of NJEA members. We did uh, two sessions out there. I was doing my favorite one, which is learn how to give a presentation like a WWE superstar, which is a fun one where I get everybody to hulk up up and and show how to do a a fantastic promo and then i also did one on how to do google frames and i just want to remind everybody out there there are great opportunities for professional development in the summertime in the fall throughout the year over at the education calendar and you can of course find that stuff out by doing a google search for the education calendar but if you're searching for some great pd and you don't want to leave your door jim where can they find out more about this podcast where do they subscribe to us on itunes Absolutely, Jeff. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Uh, Just do a search for Jersey Educator. We come right up. And uh, we also have our podcast website at njea.org slash podcast. Fantastic, Jim. Jim, it's time to go to our interview section today. Today, we're talking to Susan Caldwell. What can you tell us about her? Okay, Jeff. Well, Susan Caldwell is a former Board of Education member, and she's currently the Executive Director for Save Our Schools New Jersey. Uh, Save Our Schools New Jersey is a grassroots, all-volunteer organization of parents and other public education supporters who believe that every child in New Jersey should have access to a high-quality public education. And our listeners can learn more at uh, saveourschoolsnj.org, Jeff. And with that introduction, let's bring her on. Susan, how are you today? Welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here. Thank you so much. Um, Board of Education uh, members, Save Our Schools. Um, Tell us a little bit about who Susan Caldwell is and uh, what are you up to these days? So I am a New Jersey native who has hopscotched around the country a bit, lived in Chicago and Los Angeles. So um, I'm back here where I started. I um, finished my term on the Board of Education back in 2012 and started volunteering for Save Our Schools New Jersey. And um, in 2014, we formed uh, a nonprofit organization called Save Our Schools New Jersey Community Organizing. And that's the actual organization that I'm the executive director of. SOSNJ is an all-volunteer, unincorporated, nonpartisan a volunteer organization, and I run this small nonprofit that supports the work that they do. I've been doing that for, oh, a little more than three years right now. 
Now, Susan, for those who are listening who might not be familiar with the organization, what does Save Our Schools do? So Save Our Schools New Jersey is an organization of mostly parents. We have teachers, we have school board members, but the thing that links nearly everyone is that we're parents, and we advocate on behalf of accountability, transparency, and democracy in our public schools. So that means we... um, very much want people in their communities to be in charge of their schools. And we believe that every child in New Jersey deserves access to a high quality public education. We're talking here to Susan Caldwell about Save Our Schools and Jay here. And and Jim, it is really important to know that there is a lot of great things happening with Save Our Schools. Um, Susan, what are some of the ways that people can get in touch with you and, and maybe become a part of the organization? Sure. We uh, don't charge any membership fees. Anyone is willing to um, join up with us. Probably our most popular thing right now is our Facebook page. It's a pretty active page. We post several times a day, and a lot of times we break news about what's going on in public education in New Jersey. We have a website that's um, saveourschoolsnj.org. People can sign up there. We also have a Twitter account, and um, we send out tweets almost daily, and We've been known to live tweet from important legislative hearings or from State Board of Education meetings as well. Awesome, Susan. And I'm certainly uh, uh, one of your Twitter followers, and I I look at that feed quite often. And it's just great to have you on the show. Uh, This is our 14th episode. And so far, uh, Jeff and I have had um, our members on the show, uh, for the most part, early career members. But you are our first uh, parent guest, uh, which is really great because, as we all know, uh, parents... Uh, when they work together with our members, uh, we see amazing things happen, and we've certainly seen some amazing things happen uh, as the NJA partnered with uh, SOS New Jersey over the past few years. Um, so, Susan, uh, you know, b- before we get into some pieces here about um, judge, just your take as a former Board of Education member, as a parent, and, and how our members can further their relationships with their students' parents, uh, why don't we talk about maybe some of those SOS New Jersey uh, success stories over the past couple years? When you hear that that uh, term success story, uh, what kind of comes to mind for you? Well, I think last year, uh, calendar year 2015, we had a phenomenal collaboration with the NJEA. Um, as you know, Jim, we partnered up to deliver a number of showings of um, a movie that spoke about the dangers of high-stakes standardized testing. Uh, Very well received. We picked up a lot of uh, new members for our organization that way. We also um, collaborated in Take the Park events where we had parents and school board members um, gather and take parts of the exams their students would take and then discuss some of the issues related to you know, whether it was the technology, whether it was the content, whether it was the trickiness of the answers, um, we raised a lot of awareness. Um, I think the outcome of that was phenomenal because New Jersey, in its really first coordinated attempt, had the second highest refusal rate in the country last year on the park. We clearly um, caught the DOE off guard, and uh, they were quite chagrined to see that 
their plans did not materialize the way they thought they would. Unfortunately, it has caused an enormous backlash this year. And uh, one of the things we do is keep track of districts that are humanely treating students who don't want to take the test. And we have seen uh, a coordinated and well-financed campaign to pressure administrators, school board members, um, teachers to get students to sit for those tests. So um, not sure what the numbers will be this year, but um, there's been some other interesting news. One of our members went to the New Jersey School Boards Association and had their delegate assembly adopt a resolution saying there should be multiple pathways to graduation and it shouldn't just be park. The DOE is on the verge of approving those regulations next month. And we've been asking our members to ask their individual districts to take a stand. And so far I can report that 27 districts on their own, in addition to the whole NJSBA, uh, have come out in favor of multiple pathways to graduation, not just the park exam. Well, thanks for sharing that, Susan. And one of the things I, I like about SOS New Jersey is the watchdog. Um, I, I think of you and, and your, um, the parents there and the organizers there as a watchdog uh, for our state, for education on the state level, and just keeping an eye on everything happening. And uh, you mentioned there, Susan, uh, refusing the test and um, refusing the park test. And we can just maybe dive into that here as a question. Um, when you hear from parents who refuse the test for their kids, what type of reasons are typically shared? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about our listeners out there who maybe aren't, aren't too in the loop on this and maybe have never thought about uh, re, re, refusing the test or why someone would, would want to do that for their child. So, Well, there are a couple of reasons uh, that stand out as the main ones. Uh, the first one, I think, is the idea uh, that these tests are having a harmful effect on the education in the classroom. To the extent that the focus is on language arts and math, uh, we know that a lot of districts are doing away with recess or PE, you know, just really... Um, almost locking down the school for a couple weeks prior to the test administration and just drilling students on that. We don't think that is what public education should be about. We don't think measuring students in those two subjects alone really tells, um, uh, paints a true picture of a student's abilities. You know, a student who is artistically gifted or uh, gifted in other ways. Uh, there's a whole bunch of issues with special needs students taking those tests. We know that standardized tests are more of a measure of family income than anything else. So the wealthier populations do better. There's a lot of fear uh, about the data that's being collected on students and how that data is being used. Um, you know, there's um, just, how can I say, a philosophical um, bent to some parents who say, I'm not just not going to participate. I don't want my kids part of that game or that machine. And no, we're not going to do it. You know, the there are lots of colleges over 200 at this point that have gone ACT and SAT test optional. We have a collaboration with an organization called Fair Test that keeps a watch on those things. Um, just last week, both Columbia and Barnard dropped two parts of the SAT and the ACT for admissions for their students. So um, I don't know of any college that's requiring park for admission. You know, the commissioner has, as a former community college president or county college president, has kind of arm twisted our 
County Colleges to use CARP as an admission for an admission criteria, but that's the only place we've seen that happen. It's not, it's not a great test. It's just another, the DOE will tell you it's this fantastic test and it's just still for the most part a bubbling test. It's not really that uh, dramatically improved over something like the HESPA or um, NJX. And one of our organizers who's a lawyer has kind of dug into this issue and looked at the statute for graduation in particular. And the graduation statute that is current law is at odds with the way PARP is being administered. The current graduation standard calls for a basic competency test in 11th grade in English language arts and math. The Department of Ed is going to give PARP to students as young as 7th grade, those who are taking algebra in 7th grade. My kids both took algebra in 7th grade and giving them the PARP test would fulfill their high school graduation requirement in 7th grade. And English 10 they've decided is the park that's going to be used for graduation, again, in violation of what the current statute says. So we're thinking that that might be another cause of action if these regulations go through, that they're in conflict with the current law. So the law has to change, something has to happen. We were in the Senate Majority Office last week talking to staff, to Senator Sweeney about this. And as you know, TTF and pensions are pretty much on the minds of the legislators down there. And I think until those two issues get settled, we're not gonna be able to get them to move on anything, but um, we're, we're not giving up. We'll, we'll be back. We'll be back talking to them shortly. Well, that's uh, certainly good to hear. And quite a long, long list there of uh, just reasons you've heard from parents, uh, why, why they choose to refuse their, their children from taking the test and, uh, and, uh, you know, t- to learn more, of course, uh, our listeners can go to your website, saveourschoolsnj.org. And you also mentioned there uh, an organization called FairTest, and they're found at uh, fairtest.org, Susan. So uh, very important, uh, relevant work that Save Our Schools New Jersey um, takes on. And, uh, you know, Susan, um, why don't we kind of shift here? Um, talking to our listeners here, for the most part, they are NJA members. Um, you know, what, what, what do we want to say to them when we, we think about why is it important that public educators and parents work so closely together? Well, I think um, the main reason is that students benefit. And let's face it, parents and teachers are in this for the students. So to the extent that uh, parents and educators can be on the same page. I mean, that that's the perfect world, right? Right. The parents are communicating, the teachers are listening, you know, the parents explain things about their kids, the teachers feedback what they see in the classroom. Um, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, it sounds so simple. It, it's just not that simple. Yeah, it certainly does sound simple, and uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. But uh, then we get into the piece, um, you know, I guess a follow-up question would be, uh, for you drawing upon your, your work as a former Board of Education member and your current work with Save Our Schools New Jersey, uh, how can our listeners develop and foster a better relationship with their students' parents? You know, um, what types of things are important to remember when they reach out or what are some effective ways maybe to reach out? Um, any, anything come to mind when I throw that out there, Susan? Are you talking about reaching out with regard to the issues that we work on, like activating parents? You're not talking about work working with them um, 
around their students because teachers know how to do that. They don't need any help from us in that regard. All right, you're talking about activating yeah. parents. Yeah. So, um, you know, let, let's say I'm I'm a listener and I'm listening in, and and I've I've been following um, the park test and uh, just other relevant pieces of public education um, legislation on the state level, and uh, you know how how can our members work okay. work with their parents around that to kind of team up, I guess. Right. So um, I guess I would say that they should proceed cautiously. I think you have to take the temperature of your district and um, understand what your local association is doing and maybe wants you to do or not do. And likewise, you need to be cognizant of what your superintendent and your school board thinks about that. So, um, you know, there are districts where that's really frowned upon, and we certainly want to want your members to get into any kind of hot water. You know, when we did our collaboration last year, I know of at least one teacher who got in trouble for setting up something. It was kind of taken to the, uh, the principal or the superintendent's office the next day and kind of scolded about that. So I think the number one thing is for your members to, you know, be certain and be safe, make sure they're doing this in concert with whatever is going on in their district. And every district is different, you know that. Um, that being said, I think um, it's important for a conversation like that or an interaction like that to be as natural as possible. So um, I, I would think there would be opportunities during the year for teachers and parents to do things together that might lead to conversations about activating parents. So whether it's, you know, a back to school night or, you know, a class project or a class trip where a teacher has an opportunity to get to know parents better um, rather than just trying to spring something on parents. And I have to tell you the feedback that we have gotten, um, and you probably know this too, um, some of the stuff around the work that we do directly impacts teachers in a financial way. And some parents might think that it's kind of self-serving or self-interest that teachers might be wanting parents to become active for them. Hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it might turn some parents um, off. Sure, sure. The work that we did with NJEA last year I think has gone a long way in helping parents understand what teachers are up against. And I think the way this administration in Trenton has treated teachers has also opened parents' eyes to exactly what teachers are up against. So, um, I, you know, I, I kind of trust the instincts of teachers. They're, they're very intuitive. And I think that if there's an opportunity there they could talk to parents about maybe getting involved with our organization because it's an easy way, as I described earlier, to get involved with us. Um, you know, if someone wants to contact me and um, I can put them in touch with some of our organizers, we do have 108 volunteer organizers now all over the state and in just about every county. So um, we have people who, those are like our really supercharged volunteers that are happy to talk to people in their 
communities or in their counties and get people involved. It's really easy to get involved. Um, we're a surprisingly flat organization. We just ask our um, organizers to adhere to four basic tenets of things that we believe in and, and then you're in. So. Yeah, re re really great stuff there, Susan. Um, so our members, it's important to walk away with, uh, you know, if you have an interest in talking with members, um, parents, excuse me, parents about this stuff, uh, talk to your local president, uh, kind of feel it out with him or her. And you're right, it is important to keep it as natural as possible and look for those opportunities to get to know parents better and and, and forge a deeper connection with them. And uh and you also put out there that, um, you know, any anyone interested in this state um, and elsewhere can join SOS New Jersey. And uh, there's a lot of great resources online to, to just help our parents um, and our members navigate this. And saverschoolsnewjersey.org New, New is one of those places, which is really great. Um, so, Susan, um, I think that just about wraps us up tonight. And uh on behalf of Jeff, um, we, we want to thank you for coming on the show and just sharing with us um, a little bit of a parent's perspective on things going on uh, on the state level. Uh, Susan, is there anything that we kind of forgot to mention or just anything you wanted to say to kind of wrap things up here? Um, I think the work that we're doing is so important and there is no other parent organization out there doing this work. Um there, there are parent organizations out there like the PTA, the NJPTA, for example, and your local PTOs. They don't do the type of activism that we do. Um, that's really not their role. And um, parents who want to get involved, this, this is the place. This is the place to go. We, we've um, done some really amazing things in the past few years, as you well know. And we're our number one goal is to grow. So to the extent that we can grow bigger. You know, we started with six parents about six years ago. We have 31,000 members now. And um, the, the more we grow, the more influence we have with decision makers. And, that, and that's, that's where it's at. Uh, we, we've learned that over the past six years. We, you've got to be down there and, and part of the action. So, Yes, we do. And it, it's great to be able to do it together, uh, working side by side. Um, NJA members and parents uh, really driving that agenda um together so uh yeah and i can tell you that uh our members love their teachers there's absolutely no doubt in my mind about that they adore their teachers they absolutely do so great and and of course it's not just the teachers it's our education support professionals too right, who, right. Who, everybody in the building yeah. right. everybody in the building all there for the kids and all there to just see our kids succeed um, exactly that's what it's about jim Good stuff, Susan. Well, well, thanks again for coming on the okay. show and sharing. And Thank we'll you for uh, absolutely, and we'll stay tuned to uh, saveourschoolsnewjersey.org to learn more and see what's going on as as the fall hits. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Jim, that was a great interview with Susan Caldwell. Of course, we want to thank her and all the great stuff that's going on in her organization. Jim, one more time, where can we find out more about the great stuff happening with Susan's World? Absolutely. Susan, uh, Executive Director for Save Our Schools, New Jersey. Uh, our listeners can learn more about them on their website, saveourschoolsnj.org. 
And of course, Jim, before we wrap up the podcast here, I want to do a quick plug. There's a lot of great stuff that we're posting here as the school year starts and as we get ready for a new school year over at teachercast.net. Um, I just released uh, several videos, I think about 16 videos already, on how to access and really get into using Google Apps. Um, I know my school has just migrated over to Gmail, and so because of that, we put together a whole video series on how to use Gmail, and I'm actually in the process of creating how to do that over on Google Calendar. So there's a lot of great things happening in TeacherCast world. If you're a school district out there that's looking to migrate or is migrated or is interested in using those videos, please feel free. There's a lot of great stuff out there. I think I'm up to almost 700 or 750 or so YouTube videos on that stuff. Check that out over there. You can find all the great work over on teachercast.net slash audio, which is our iTunes feed, and teachercast.net slash video, which is our YouTube feed. And of course, you can follow us online at Twitter. Jim, enough about me. Where do we find more information about the great things that you and the rest of the NJEA are doing? Sure, Jeff. Uh, our early career members uh, have their own portion of the NJA website. Uh, you can find out everything they're up to and even learn a little bit more about NJA and what it can offer you at uh, njea.org slash early career members. And that wraps up today's episode number 14. Thank you so much for making the Jersey Educator your home for professional development. Until next time, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Hope you're having a great start to the school year. And until next time, keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions throughout New Jersey.